Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Well, it's so good to be with you all. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Well, I'm going to tell you what, man, we could just, uh, we could leave right now and know we've been blessed because of that fine music. Uh, that was just wonderful. I love those songs, and especially that last song that talks about the goodness of God. I'll be honest with you. I have to try to hold myself together during that song, because when I think about how good God has been to me and how I don't deserve it, and I, I'm so grateful for what He's done for me in my life. As I looked up here on the stage, I, I have been in this community a long time. I worked with Michelle for 18, 20 years. I watched Mallory grow up. I watched Aaron grow up. This one. I remember when Aaron was in elementary school, and she used to wear those little Dolly Parton dresses that 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 called for the petticoats. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? She was she she never dressed bad one time in her life. And um, I, I enjoyed watching her grow up. And I remember her and Anthony falling in love and and uh, the love bug bit and watching them get married and and have a child and another child and another child and another child. And it's it's blessed my heart so much. Um, Zach, I, I, I tell you, what, I could go on and on. That, when I look at the gifts that you all have right here um, on this stage just a minute ago, um, it, it overwhelms me. Um, Beasley, I know you're here somewhere up here. It's bright, and all I see is sort of silhouettes of who's out here. But, man, I, I love Beasley. I love all of you all. It's just so good to see you. I want to come tonight and just share God's Word with you. I want to do it in a, in a manner, I think, that you'll be able to, to comprehend. There are a lot of things that we could have talked about, especially when you're coming to a church like Connect Church. Um, and you say, what do you mean, Scott, a church like Connect Church? Because you all are on fire. You've got great things going on right here. Amen. Listen, you're the talk of the town in a good way. You are what people are talking about, what God is doing up there on that hill. When I drive by, man, I get teary-eyed because I think about what God is doing and the way that He is blessing and the way that lives are being changed. So tonight, what I want us to do is just to stop and look in God's Word. I'm not the longest-winded preacher you ever heard, and everybody said amen. But um, tell you what, let's do. I, I want us to talk about a topic tonight uh, about the, the great pursuit, the great pursuit. Have you ever pursued anything? If you look in Webster's and, and talk about uh, the word pursue um, and, and what it means, it means to go after something, to attain, to obtain something. Have you ever really pursued anything in in your life. Um, you know, in my life, there have been certain things that I pursued, some things smaller than others, some things more important than others. Um, uh, for instance, I remember pursuing that first car when I was 15 years old and I was getting close to being 16. Listen, for, for a 15-year-old boy, there ain't nothing any more exciting besides girls that, but, than, than the fact that you got that car coming your way and you want to find that right car. And I remember pursuing my 1972 Javelin and I was so excited and my sweet Granny Carter came and, and she helped make that happen. I, I remember growing up and watching different people. Of, some of my friends went and pursued great degrees. I mean, they are doctors on top of doctors and they have degrees and they pursued those and they, they're brilliant. I want to talk to you all tonight on a topic called The Great Pursuit. There are going to be three pursuits that I want to talk about. The first one, in my mind, would be the priority pursuit. I want you to catch this truth with me. 
I believe if we stop and we look at the Bible, and I believe the Bible is true. I don't believe it has any mistakes. Amen? I believe this, this Bible from, from beginning to end, I believe that it is true. I stop and I see a God who is in pursuit. In pursuit of who? In pursuit of a relationship with man, with mankind. God loves us in a powerful way. And we could have picked many, many illustrations. We could have found many, many scriptures on many different people, many different illustrations of, of people that he pursued. But I want us tonight to look at one of my favorites. It's in John chapter 4. If you've got your Bible or if you want to look on your phone or, or if you just want me to read it to you, let me, let me just read just a little bit of it. I'll um, paraphrase some of it, but um, let's look in the Word here just for a minute. And it, it reads like this. What you're going to have here is Jesus is going through an area called Samaria. And listen, he's there for a reason. He, he didn't go out of his way. He wasn't on that road by accident. He knew exactly what his mission was. Verse 7, it says, There was a woman of Samaria that came to that water fountain that Jesus was at and said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, now listen to this. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I want you to know that before this encounter was over with, she found that living water. This lady whose life was a mess. And when we stop and we look at this, when we think about the mess that she was in, let me tell you, uh, it, it encourages me because I'm going to tell you all, there are times in my life when I mess up so royally, were it not for God and His grace, I'd be in serious trouble. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever messed up like that? Sometimes we just foul up. This lady had a life that was a mess. She had the kind of life that was a lot of good gossip for people in the town. It was the kind of lady that men had abused and women hated. They saw her as less than. They saw her as morally out of it. And she felt like a big zero. And here she is. Oh, imagine this. As it slowly begins to hit her what is going on here. This man begins to talk with her. And listen, in Bible days, this was huge. It was huge that Jesus was having any kind of interaction at all with her. First of all, and this may sound crazy to you all, but the fact that he was talking to a woman was a big deal in Bible days. You men just didn't speak to women that were not of their family. And so here Jesus is, and he's speaking to a woman. But not only is he speaking to a woman, he is speaking to a Samaritan woman. Listen, the Jews despised Samaritans. So she was of the wrong gender. She was of the wrong race. And she had morals that were a big round zero. Her life was a wreck. And Jesus is yet reaching out to this woman that everybody else walked away from. And she's having this encounter. And he is pursuing a relationship with her that will give her 
a foundation for the rest of her life to have hope and to find joy and a relationship that truly would make a difference. So Jesus goes on and he continues this conversation with this lady. And as he shares with her, it says in verse 15, Sir, then give me this water that I may not thirst or come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman said, well, I, well, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, well, you've said the truth that you have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one now that you have is not your husband. Uh, what he was saying is, is <laughs> you've had five, and now you're living with this one. And he was letting her know that he knew the wreck that her life was in. And I want you to know something. I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know where you're at in your life, and it may be that everything on your plate is just wonderful today. But if you're here, and your life is a wreck, or there is something that is tormenting you, that's got a grip on you, and you think that God could not possibly care for you, you think that God would not be there for you, that is the devil's lie to you. God loves you just as you are. Listen, we don't have to get right in order to come to God. We come to God, and he'll help us with the rest of it. And here this dear lady is. Her life is a wreck. And Jesus is giving her hope. You know, I love when I stop and I look at scriptures that talk about the way that he cares for us and the way that he loves us and the way that he is there for us. Listen, you've heard the story of the shepherd and there were 99 sheep. But how many had gone astray? One. In that text, God the Father is the shepherd. Do you know who the one is? It's us. We're the one. You go in scriptures and you begin to look a little further. Right there in, in, in Luke chapter 15, there is a father that is looking for his son, just waiting for that son to come home. The father in that story represents God. Do you know who the son represents? represents us. You stop and you continue to look and you look over there in Matthew chapter 13 and you'll find a merchant who has found a priceless pearl and he sells everything that he has so that he can get that pearl because it is precious. In that text, God the Father is the merchant. Do you know who the pearl is? It's you. You are precious to God the Father. You are that precious pearl to Him. And God is on a pursuit for you. He is on a quest for your soul. He wants to have a relationship with you. You continue and you look in scriptures. There was a man who was in a field and he found this treasure. And he wanted that treasure. He wanted it bad. And he went and he sold everything he had and he bought that land. And he had that treasure. In the scripture, he was the treasure hunter, but do you know who the treasure is? It's you. You are treasure in his eyes. You are worth so much in God's eyes. And I don't know about you, but when I look at that and I understand that truth, it humbles me. It brings me to tears to understand that there is a God who seeks for me. That I am like a, a lamb that is lost and he loves me. And if it were just me, he would have still sought me out. 
to understand that I am precious, more precious than a pearl, more precious than treasure. It blesses my heart. It blesses my soul. I've got a grandson, and I'm going to tell you what now. I love my grandchildren. I have two. I have a little little two-year-old granddaughter named Lilybug. Well, they, her name's Lily, but I call her Lilybug, and um, she don't know any better. She thinks that's her name right now. <laughs> What's your name, Lilybug? Uh, and then I have an eight-year-old grandson whose name is Miles. Now, I've had the blessing of having Miles a, a few more years, and Miles spends a lot of time with his papa. Me and him are pretty close. And, I mean, in the summertime, I have a swim pool in my backyard. I saved my money, and I bought me a swim pool. I dug a hole back there in that backyard and filled her up with water. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing in the summertime any better than going for a swim. But now Miles has figured me out. First of all, he's figured out that I'm soft. Number two, he knows how to get what he wants. So he'll wait until it's time to go, go to bed because usually around 9, 9.30, it's time for Miles to go to bed. What he'll do is, hey, Papa, could we go for a night swim tonight? Well, he knows that Papa likes night swims, and so I'd say, sure, and, and here we'd get up, and we'd get ready, and we'd hop in, I'd put on my Speedo, and we'd hop in, no, I'm kidding, <laughs> out, out, out. But we'll hop in that pool, and we have a contest. Who can find the first star in the sky? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's, there's nothing like that when you've got your, your child or your grandchild, and you're over here, and you're looking for those stars in the sky. Then we'll have a contest who can find the first five stars in the sky. And then about ten minutes later, it really gets good because there's so many you can't count them. And you begin to see things move in the skies. Well, he gets so excited because he is absolutely certain beyond doubt that he has seen a UFO go, Psh! and I'll be honest with you, there have been some things that I've seen that I can't explain. I just go on. <laughs> we love, love it out there. I love telling about how God placed each of those stars in the sky. Do you know what I mean? I love telling him about the way that God made that moon and about the way that we have planets. We used to have nine, and I don't know how many we've got now. One of them they dropped. Maybe they added. I don't know. But we've got a bunch of planets. And God put each one of them in the perfect order that he wanted them. Put the sun in the sky. What a powerful God we have. Miles, isn't that wonderful? Yes, Papa, it is. First time I ever took him to see the ocean. Man, when we drove up that hill, and once we crested that hill, y'all remember the first time you saw the ocean, and you saw that ocean, and it went, and it went. He said, Papa, look how big it is. He said, where does it stop? And I said, well, I don't know. But he loved it. When we're coming up 66, and he sees those mountains, he'll say, Papa, God made those mountains, didn't he? Yes, Miles, God made those mountains. But let me tell you what blesses my heart is when I'm able to take him and say, Miles, I want you to think with me. Those oceans are beautiful. Oh, yes, Papa. Boy, I tell you what, we love the moon and we love the stars. Oh, yes, Papa. God's good. We love the mountains here in East Tennessee. Papa, they're beautiful. I said, but you know what moves God's heart the most? What, Papa? It's not those mountains that don't move his heart the most. Is it the oceans, Papa? No. What is it? It's when a sinner looks to God for forgiveness of sin. That's what moves God's heart the most. Now, that's good for an eight-year-old to understand. But as an adult, 
It's even better news as we stop and we think about all of the things that God could marvel at. But what takes his breath away is when an old sinner looks to him to find a relationship. That's what moves the heart of God. God is on a quest to have a relationship with you. That's good news in this place tonight. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I do some weddings. <laughs> I got to do a wedding of a couple. And uh, Belinda, I, I, you might have known Micah and Bailey. I don't know. They were in our youth group. And I, I'll tell you, they were, they're, they're a tall couple. Micah's like 6'6". Six, six. Um, Bailey, his, his, his fiance, was like six foot. She was, was a great volleyball player. Uh, went, to, went to college on a scholarship to play that. But just, just incredible people. And I, I just love them so much. But at their wedding, they got married over in Dandridge. And there's a place there that has a, a, a beautiful river. And on that river, they have built a, a uh, archway. And they've covered it with flowers. And it was just the most beautiful setting you can imagine. They put just enough chairs for the crowd that was there. And they had this massively big door that they were able somehow to get Bailey down there without Micah seeing her. And... As they played that special song, those doors opened up, and Micah saw Bailey. Now, this big old six-foot-six boy, you ever seen anybody cry when they cry? Tears just, they don't just stream down your face. They just go out. He squirted tears. (laughs) He squalled. And he went down to his knees like this, and he took his hands, and he just wept. And he looked up and he looked at her again. (laughs) And out loud, he wept even more. (laughs) And he got out and he raised back up. Somehow, somebody, I believe it was her sister, had been taking some pictures and taking some of this, uh, recording it. And somehow, by that Monday morning, they got a call from Good Morning America and the Today Show This thing had gone viral, and people all across the country were overwhelmed by their wedding. And so they did an interview with him. And and they said, listen, what was it that took your breath like that? What was it that moved you like that? He said, she was the most beautiful thing that I had ever seen in my life. And she was coming to be my bride. Now, let's get it in the context that God wants us to tonight. Mm. Think about this. When God sees a sinner that he is reaching out for, that he's pursuing, that he's been longing for, and that sinner is now coming to him, looking to him, I can imagine God the Father going down, tears of joy as that sinner comes home as that bride is reaching out to the groom, and they become one. I'm going to tell you something. When I stop and I look at that relationship between God and an old sinner, it moves my spirit. And I tell you this, and I encourage you this. If you have never found that relationship in your life, you've missed everything. In all the world put together, there's no relationship that's more beautiful than the relationship that you'll find in the person of Jesus Christ. You can lose people in this life that you love. Some of you all have gone through that. 
You can have relationships that disappoint you in this life. But there is one relationship that will last through all eternity. And that's that relationship with the person of Jesus Christ if you've ever reached up to Him. So first of all, God's pursuit of you. God's pursuit of mankind. The second point would be this. Have you ever in your life made time to pursue a relationship with God? I had dinner the other night with Anthony and, and Aaron, um, and I don't know that I had ever understood exactly what was stirring in Anthony and Beeper's heart when I met them that first time. Um, I just knew that they'd come to the, to the church, and they were, they were very open to the gospel, and it didn't seem like it took very long for both of them to pray and, and receive Christ in their life. But Anthony told me that his grandfather had recently passed away, and it caused him to have questions about eternity. And he was in a pursuit to learn. He was open, and he was pursuing that relationship with God. And he found it. He was able to stop and to find that time in his life where he surrendered his heart. You say, Scott, how do I do that? There are three things you need to understand to do this. Understand, first of all, that you're a sinner. There's not a one of us here, if we're really honest about it, in our natural condition that are fit for heaven. You say, well, how can you possibly say that? I say that because we have a sin nature. Where God is, where heaven is, where Jesus is, it is perfect. And we are not a perfect people. Amen? That's the truth. That's the way it is. We are not a perfect people. On the best day that we've ever lived, especially me, there's not been one day that I didn't sin somehow, some way. Do you know what I mean? Because of those sins, we are just not fit for heaven. So understand, first of all, when, when the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that means you. We're not fit for God in our natural state. But there's a simple verse that we learn as children. We don't even remember when we learned it. We just sort of know it always. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. When you hear that, understand, for God so loved you that he gave. Who did he give? He gave Jesus who died on that cross. He died on that cross for a reason, for a purpose, not just so it would make a good story. There was a mission. There was a call. There was a reason. There was a drive. There was a passion. His passion was to do whatever it took for you to get to heaven with all of the angels in heaven ready to pull their swords and to take him off that cross, he stayed on that cross because he could not save himself and save you, and God chose to save you. Woo! Amen. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me that way. Now listen, we understand we're a sinner. We understand that, that there's a gift for God to love the world that he gave. There's a gift there for us. Said, well, Scott, how do I receive that gift? That whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 10, 13, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, you want forgiveness of your sin? Ask him. He's ready. He is that father that's looking. He is that merchant that's looking for that prized pearl. You are precious in his sight. He accepts you just as you are. All of the mess that you may be in, he loves you. 
You've never sinned big enough for him to, for his grace to not be able to cover your sin. You're not capable of causing God to not love you. He loves you and he cares for you. Have you ever pursued that relationship with God the Father? God pursues a relationship with you. I pray that you've pursued a relationship with him. And then we are to pursue pointing this community towards a relationship with God the Father. When you find that relationship, we are his children. And this church exists for one reason, and that's to bring others into the kingdom. Fellowship is good. And we, listen, you all are really good at that. You are a very friendly church. You're a very kind church. You're a loving church. But we're not here just to fellowship with each other. That's one of the fringe benefits. But we have one mission, one commission, and that's to go and to tell others that great story that God loves you and he cares for you. And as a church, that's what you're to do. I was telling the the church Sunday morning, by the very name of your church, What's the name of your church? What church? What church? You're doing your best to connect with this community, to bring them into a relationship with God so they can connect with God. That is why the church exists. That needs to be our passion. That needs to be what drives us. That needs to be, listen, I love what Anthony said Sunday. He said, man, when we come to church, this is just nothing else except a pep rally for us to go outside the doors of this place and bring this community to Christ. You remember those pep rallies you used to have in high school? Oh, man, the cheerleaders would be a hooting and a carrying on and a flipping and a carrying on and bandity over there. Da, 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 da. Well, they, I don't guess they played those circus songs, but they played Rocky Top or something. We need some Rocky Top. But I want you to listen to me. They, as they played those songs, man, people got fired up, and they would hoot, and they had to holler, and Anthony, the year you all won the state championship, it was crazy, the pep rally that they had. But I'm going to tell you something. We need to make sure that we remember that we exist to encourage each other, to fight the good fight, to go outside the doors of this place and to bring people to Christ. Can't think of a better Sunday than, than Easter Sunday to do that. Every now and then I hear people get pious and say, I don't appreciate people that only come to church on Sunday. I appreciate people that go to church anytime. My papa was one of those sinners that was saved on an Easter Sunday. They came down that weekend so they could watch us have an Easter egg hunt. He left in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me ask you three things. Isn't it a beautiful thing when you think about the way that God pursues a relationship with us? Second thing, have you ever pursued that relationship with him? He's ready for you. Most important question you'll ever answer in your life is do you know for certain that if you were to die tonight that you'd go to heaven? Well, I've heard that before. And you'll hear it again. It's the greatest question. It's the question of the ages. Do you know him? Do you have that relationship? ask you to bow your heads. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.